Hey everyone, and welcome to Mind Body Green's Clean Beauty School. I'm your host and beauty director, Alexandra Engler. So today we have a fun topic that turned surprisingly deep, finding the joy in beauty. So this is likely not a surprising statement, but I find a lot of joy in beauty. I like using my products. I like researching it. I like talking about beauty with friends and the philosophy behind beauty and the meaning behind beauty. Luckily for me, I have a podcast that involves all of those things, but not everybody finds beauty to be joyful. Some people find skincare routines to be time-consuming and pointless and basically a chore to get through. People may find researching products and ingredients confusing. And of course, traditional beauty standards pushed out by the media for decades are uh, decidedly not joyful. So, you know, I wanted to talk about finding joy in beauty, specifically finding joy in your beauty. You know, the goal of Beauty at Mind Body Green is to help you feel happy in your skin. And we believe you shouldn't have to change yourself to feel that way. It's about finding joy in who you already are. So I spoke with a joy expert, Erica Lasson. She's a contributor at Mind Body Green and covers a lot of topics from vision boards to parenting, purpose, and spirituality. And at the core of her work is joy. So I asked her if she wanted to come on today and talk about finding joy in beauty. Without further ado, hey, Erica. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for joining. I'm so excited to have this conversation. I have been lucky enough to have several conversations with you over the past year, past few months. And so I know how engaging and charismatic and lovely you are. So I'm excited for all of our guests to learn the same. But, you know, I just want to give everybody the opportunity to get to know you a little bit better if they don't already. So why don't we start at this conversation? I would love you to have you just introduce yourself and tell your story. And how did you find this calling of joy and trying to encourage other people to find their joy? Oh, man, it has been a journey. But my name is Erica Lasan, and I am a joy strategist and creative consultant, as well as the founder of Journey to Purpose. And in my role as a creative consultant and joy strategist, I help women and entrepreneurs in transitional phases of life, helping them find joy, purpose, and healing in what's next. And I do this by helping them develop creative solutions or outlining personal systems to help them in figuring out what they actually want for their life in the next phase of their life and how to make sure that it's being anchored in whatever feels good, one feel-good thing at a time. Um, And this journey really started off with me having to go through some not-so-awesome transitional phases myself and some of them being, you know, graduating from college and not having a job or not being able to find one for a really long time. Another one of them being transitioning into parenthood and not knowing really what was next or thinking that I had to go through parenthood with it looking or being a certain type of way. And then also just trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Because when you hit 30, life hits different, especially like you haven't achieved certain things or accomplished certain things that you expected you would have by a certain age. Um, Or if you're looking around at your life and comparing it to other people's lives, which, by the way, that is like the quickest way to kill your joy. Um, And taking some of the lessons that I've learned over the past two decades of being a creative entrepreneur and really just having this mindset of utilizing my gifts and my talents in order to 
live intentionally with purpose and just spreading joy and spreading love and figuring out, all right, well, if something doesn't work, how can we make it work in order to fulfill whatever the vision is? And always making sure that the vision is one that makes us not only look good, but one that makes us feel good because ultimately that's what's most important. I can't wait to talk about you know crafting your vision for your life. We're definitely going to get into that soon. I'm so excited to hear some of your words of wisdom. And from what I know about your practice and your teachings and how you help how you help men and women find their joy and their purpose, I've noticed so many of these lessons are rooted in wellness practices and or they have some sort of element of well-being tied in with them. So I'm just curious, in your view, how are wellness, purpose, and joy interconnected? Oh my goodness. Wellness, purpose, and joy are so interconnected because it really does come down to how what feels good, but also how you you identify with yourself in any given moment and how that's actually propelling or how it's actually feeding whatever it is that you're doing in any given moment. Especially when you think about habits, your the, the way you feel and the way that you're able to elevate your wellness really then impacts how you go about doing things. So if it's something where you don't feel good, then you're probably it like it shows up it manifests itself in a lot of different ways so i'm sure that you probably noticed or maybe some of the listeners who are tuning in today they may have noticed that in moments where they don't feel very good they're less likely to be productive or they're more likely to sit around and not be productive or you're more likely to just be in this mindset of well life is happening to me rather than me being able to like create whatever it is that I want. And so when you think about wellness, it's just like so important because it just, it really then feeds how we're able to do anything. When you feel good, you're just, you're just better, not only for yourself, but also for um, the people around you in your relationships, but also the people that you serve and the work that you're doing, because you're doing it with more joy. You know, I'm curious, what is your relationship with wellness? Has it always been a part of your life? Was there a moment that you can point to that, you know, it, you really started incorporating well-being practices more? I, I always think it's interesting um, how people started their journey because we're all so different. And, you know, we've all had such different relationships with wellness. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love this question because motherhood, <laughs> mother becoming, mm, yeah. and becoming someone who needed to take care of tiny humans was what <laughs> yeah. um, propelled me into this idea of, you know what, I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself because if I'm not, then I'm not good for anyone. And the funny thing is it didn't even happen until I, I found out that I was pregnant with our second child. So the first pregnancy and our first child for like 16 whole months, I was doing what I thought made me a quote unquote good mother, um, a good wife or a good partner, um, a good woman <laughs> and, you know, doing things even in the moments and pushing myself, even in the moments where I felt like, you know, I don't feel like doing this. This doesn't make me feel good. I'm tired. I need to take a nap. I need to do all of these things. But rather than like doing the things that actually made me feel good, I would do the things that would cater to everyone else. And, you know, it's great to be able to do that. And there, there's definitely 
something to be said for, you know, being able to care for other people. But at the same time, at one point, I did notice that it was creating a little bit of resentment towards my husband. And he didn't ask for it. He's also an amazing person. Like he's so helpful and so wonderful. And at one point I realized, and it almost happened like a, it wasn't like a, a full on like blow up, but it was something that could have led to that. And at one point I was just like, we've all been there, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And then he was like, but you never said anything. And it was almost like a light switch went off. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. I never asked for help. I never like made any type of um, indication that, you know, I was overwhelmed with any part of this new role that I was taking on. But even with that, after we had that conversation, you know, I mentioned some things and things did get better. But the moment I found out that I was pregnant with our second child, it was after taking 16 months off to care for our first, and I hadn't done any creative projects, like absolutely none. And as a multi-passionate creative, something that I realized through this process was that creating things in all the ways that I create is more than a form of self-expression for me. It's actually a form of self-care. And so in the moments and in the days and those months where I wasn't doing that, it was like I was pinning, pinning up like all of my energy and all of like the juices and feelings and all the things that I'd been wanting to release. And I had put a project out and it had been not even a week (laughs) that the project was out. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm back. I'm doing it. Like I'm feeling myself, (laughs) like I'm back in the groove. And then a week later I found out that I was pregnant again. So that was the moment where I was really like, okay, I'm very clear on the fact that I need to be creating things. I'm very clear on the fact that I need to make time and take time for myself on a regular basis. And I am now also very clear on the fact that it doesn't simply look like going to get massages or getting my nails done or getting my hair done because, you know, those things are cool, but those weren't the things that made me feel as though I wasn't really engaging in wellness. It was more so the ability to like have conversations and make things and speak with people and just express how I actually felt about these new this new stage and transition in my life without feeling as though I would be judged. I love the point you just brought up and well just your answer in general because you know so often we think of wellness as things that we have to do. It's almost like a performative aspect of it. And the when you truly embraced well-being, it was the opposite of that. And I just think that's really illuminating and very, probably something a lot of us can learn from. (laughs) Like it's so wonderful. And, And I think that this is part of the reason why it's so important that we really get to take time to know ourselves again and relearn ourselves and understand ourselves. Because if there's anything that the past year has taught me, and it was already work that I was engaging in, just the, the, the need to rediscover yourself, you know, in any given, uh, moment, because, Who you are today isn't who you were yesterday, even if it seems like things haven't changed. You know, you've had new different experiences. You may have had a conversation with someone that will bring up something different from you for you. You know, like we're just constantly changing. And if you're not taking moments to pause and figure out, well, what brings me joy in this moment? Like, what does wellness actually look like for me today? Then you're really doing yourself a disservice because you're just 
you're not allowing yourself to fully be in the present, if that makes any sense. It totally does. So, you know, I like to think of my podcast as this combination of wellness and beauty. I, you know, I say that it is beauty through the lens of well-being. And so naturally, since we've already talked about wellness and well-being, the next thing I want to ask you is your journey with beauty and, you know, finding later, you know, we're going to be talking about finding the joy in beauty and how they're deeply, deeply intertwined. And so I want to hear about your relationship with beauty. Are you somebody who finds joy in their skincare or hair care or makeup habits? Or are you somebody who, you know, takes a more minimalistic approach or, you know, is it something basically, I'm just curious, you know, how do you approach beauty? Ooh, I love this question for so many reasons. And it's like, how much time do we have? Because I could go on about this process. So to answer your question, I am someone who takes a minimalistic approach to beauty. So I don't really use a lot of products. I don't wear a lot of makeup. At one point, though, I did realize that if I was going to focus on anything, um, especially as it related to looking or creating a certain type of aesthetic that I did want it to, I did want to focus on skincare because if your skin is nice, (laughs) then you don't have to wear a lot of makeup or use a lot of products um, to glow. (laughs) And I always want to give off a glow. And so my approach to beauty has become, has been a journey. Let me tell you. And Yes, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm getting chills as I'm thinking about this and I'm going to try like not to cry or get all up in my feels, but especially being a black woman, my journey to beauty has really been a journey to self-love and acceptance. Like I am a first generation American. My parents are Nigerian. So I grew up in a Nigerian household and like, so things like beauty and makeup, like those weren't really things that I grew up really being one allowed to do, but things that my parents ever really like had as a consideration for us. It was always the focus being on, the focus was always put on education And so for so long, that was like the thing that I prided myself on. But at one point, you know, like you get older and it's like, you'd like to feel like you're cute, you know? (laughs) And and I don't know that I honestly ever felt like really like cute and popping as a, as a black girl until I was in college. And it took a really long time. So for most of my middle and high school experience, I had natural hair. So And I went to a predominantly uh, white middle and high school. So I was like one of five black girls in my entire class or one of eight, sorry, one of eight black girls in my entire class. And so every time I saw a reflection of like black beauty, it, it wasn't even really something that I experienced. Like I didn't really see myself in a lot of different places. So Erica brings up the fact that she never saw herself represented, and I just want to take a moment to underscore why representation is so important and why it's something that we need to consistently work on and address. Loads of research shows us that what we see on TV and movies and ads and so on affects the way we see ourselves. This is especially true at a young age when people are literally developing their sense of self. So one 2009 study looked at TV exposure in children as it related to self-esteem. So literally it just looked at how much TV these kids were watched and exposed to, and then how it made it feel about themselves. 
It showed that increased TV exposure resulted in lower self-esteem for both black girls and boys and white girls. But for white boys, it actually related to higher self-esteem. So for black kids of any gender and girls, TV as it stands now can lead to worse self-esteem. And so like for a really long time, I wanted to look or be a certain type of way, like as far as like my body, because I'm curvy, I have hips, you know, I wanted my hair to be really long and like cascading down my back because that's what I saw. So I would get my hair braided a lot. Um, and then senior, my senior year, I finally got a perm for my senior prom. And like, I finally did like things like got my eyebrows waxed for the first time. And that was like a whole thing. It was like, it was not a good look. The lady who waxed my eyebrows <laughs> ripped them off. So like I went to it like oh, God. was like a horrendous experience. Like I thought it was like yeah. the moment I had arrived and I was showing up to shine girl. Now uh, <laughs> I showed up to prom with like <laughs> peeling skin around my eyebrows. My oh. hair situation was, I mean, like it was permed, but then they don't really tell you about what happens after you get the relaxer. You have to keep it up. And I think that that's part of the reason why my mom didn't want to like start with that process. And so like, yeah. After doing all the things that I thought would make me like super pretty, like I didn't feel like super pretty. And then embracing like my complexion for a really long time when I was growing up, I would try to avoid the sun in the summertime, which is like crazy. It's like the best time to like be out. Getting darker is a beautiful thing. But for a really long time, that was something that I kind of tried to avoid. Um, and then came college. And me being out on my own, and I met this amazing guy who is also the guy I now married. But he's like, he it, he just loved natural stuff. And I mean, granted, it shouldn't yeah. take someone else like appreciating your beauty in order for you to improve and love who you are and how you've been made. But if I am being completely honest, just having it be that someone saw me and appreciated me for exactly who I was. Like anytime I would put anything or do anything extra, it'd be like, oh, you know, like, that's cool. But like, why are you wearing that stuff? And it's like, then I had to ask myself, well, why am I wearing this stuff? Because in my mind, yeah, I thought that if I put on makeup, like that would make me more attractive. If I dressed a certain type of way, that would make me more attractive. But these are all like things that we're fed, you know? And so I, since then, have like really just embraced how I actually like living, which is very simply. So as far as skincare, yeah. I don't, the most I do is like oils. So I don't really use a lot of like store made things. Like I'll do oil, natural yeah. butters, like shea butter is my best friend. I use that on my skin. When yeah. I was a loose natural, yeah. I would use that in my hair. And now I have locks. So now I don't even have to do anything to my hair. And that sure. was part of the yeah. reason why I chose to go on this journey, just because it's the best feeling to just be able to wake up and go as you are and be confident in the skin and the look that you've been given. It's like the most freeing feeling. It really just does fold into our conversation so so effortlessly, because the next thing I, you know, I wanted to ask you was, let's talk about this connection of joy and beauty and how they can often intertwine and you know how do they work together you are somebody who is a joy expert and 
you know, you, you've had your relationship with beauty and how do you see those intertwining together in your experience, but then also just like generally? Ooh, I love this question. Really the moment you're able to embrace true joy, that's the moment you're able to find freedom. So like if Mm -hmm. any, Mm -hmm. if at any moment you find yourself feeling like any type of negative emotion towards anything that you're doing, that's usually a sign that you are misaligned in some way, shape, or form with um, your identity in, in terms of who you're actually meant to be, or your purpose, and the work that you're supposed to be doing and, or how you should be living, or and also in what how you like how you're meant to be basically so i like to say if you feel any type of negative emotions then you're more than likely misaligned in your purpose or your yeah. identity and it's really important to note this because then anytime you're feeling those types of negative feelings you're actually taking yourself away from the freedom that you should be experiencing in your identity enjoy mm-hmm. and the easiest way to find your way back to that and Really, like what actually makes you most beautiful is embrace yeah. what feels good. Because I find that the more work you have to put into, like trying to be something, <laughs> then the yes. more it, yeah. it, it 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 sucks the joy out of what it is that you're doing. But you're also putting on um, a performance, and you're projecting something that isn't actually like authentic. So yeah. it actually creates more work, but it also it it's it's not a reflection of self. And it's like, well, why would you want to do that? It takes more work to keep up, but more than anything, it's not sustainable. Mm. So even when you think about beauty practices, like when you are able to embrace beauty practices that feel natural and organic to you, and that's not to say like wearing makeup is like not something that people should do. If that is what feels good to you and if that's what feels natural to you, then you should totally do it. But at the same time, you should also be cognizant of why you're doing it. And I think that that's really where the conversation of embracing joy or finding joy in beauty really comes into play. Why are you doing whatever it is that you're doing and how you're um, presenting yourself when it comes to beauty? And that's how I think about it as far as my experience. And generally, I think it really falls under the same umbrella. Just thinking about your intention and your motives for why you're doing anything. If you are doing something or projecting some part of your lifestyle or some aspect of your beauty regimen that doesn't feel good to you, it's harder to keep up, but it also just, it doesn't feel good. So one of the skin's primary functions is to act as an alert system for when something is off, right? I liken it to when you get a fever when you're sick. Sure, the fever sucks, but it's your body's way of dealing with the virus and letting you know that you need to take it easy, right? The same thing happens with your skin. If your skin stings after you apply a product, it might be telling you that the product is too potent. If you have a reaction or a breaking out, you may be using an active that is not agreeing with you. If your scalp hurts, it's a sign that your hair may be too tight or there's buildup. For so long, for so long, we were told that beauty is pain. It's not. In fact, when beauty is painful, it's literally your body's way of telling you to stop it. And if you don't feel good, yeah. you know, like you can look good on the outside, but it really doesn't matter. You know, and I think that that's yeah, the important totally. thing. I, I know that that's like a long-winded way of getting to it. It, re- it resonates so much um, with 
how we view beauty here and also just how I think it feels instinctively because I, you know, I think, you know, when something feels off, like you try a new hairstyle or you try a new makeup look, or you try a new routine that everyone tells you you should be doing or whatever it is. And you, you know, when it doesn't Mm. feel right. And sometimes I think we're afraid to listen to that feeling because, you know, to your point, we think we should be doing these things. Yes. Intuition is real, man. Like you've been given gut feelings and intuition for a reason. And whenever your intuition, whenever your gut feeling is pointing to your joy, then you are doing something right. And it's really, it's really obvious, but sometimes people will ignore those feelings because they think, well, it's too good to be true. Or they think, Mm. you know, this came too easily. So there must be something wrong with it, but no, Really, the moment you begin to feel excited by, about something or energized by something, then you know that you're headed in the right direction. But anytime you start to feel like that, like, like I don't know, a bubble in your gut or like, I don't know, yeah. how, that, that like little twingy feeling, more than likely, that is not something that you should be doing. And intuition is so real. More people need to pay attention to it because it's it's been given to us for a reason. And it's also, I highly, highly, highly believe part of the um, reason why like God has given us feeling. So a lot of even the way I approach joy and wellness, my, my wellness routines, at least is anchored in spiritual wellness, because that is totally sure. a thing. The more you're able to really understand and recognize that some things you just don't understand, some things you just can't control, then that also helps you find your joy and ease into the process of joy a lot more. But also understanding that everything exists for a reason including your intuition, you know? Yep. You are somebody who helps people in one facet of your, of your career and passion. Um, One facet is you help create strategies that foster more joy in people's lives and you help people create those strategies. And, you know, you've done this through, through your challenges that you, that you do with your community. I remember one of the challenges was, it was like a month of waking up early and kind of becoming a morning person, if I remember that correctly. And, you know, I'm just curious, what are some of these strategies that you encourage people to foster in their life? Because, you know, I think, I think we could all stand to use more joy in our lives. And I also think these strategies also lend themselves pretty well in into beauty habits too. So I'm curious, what are some of the ways that you tell people to harness joy? Ooh, yes. So one of the ways is to first understand your needs, your wants, your desires, and what makes you feel good. Because a lot mm-hmm. of times, and we kind of touched on this, we go into things solely based on um, our experience from the past or things that have been learned from us or learned um by us from other people's experiences. The moment that you're able to like start with a blank slate and really just get to know yourself better, then you're able to figure out what works best for you. Let's say just establishing a routine. Like once you have clarity around what makes you feel good, figuring out what routine works best for you. And I do think that when you consider wellness, Understand that wellness is more than just like going to the gym (laughs) or like working wellness. I I like to look at wellness as a five pronged situation or there are five pillars of wellness that I like to focus on the most. First being spiritual wellness. 
because that allows you to really surrender to what you can't control so that you're able to then embrace the joy in the journey. <laughs> and no matter what it looks mm -hmm. like, and it also helps you settle into getting comfortable with faith, whatever that may look like for you. The next part is to create a routine around your mental wellness, because if your spiritual wellness is right, yeah. then that helps with your mental. And that has so many benefits because your mental wellness is really what controls everything else. A lot of times, so much emphasis, so much stress, so much consideration in our lives is fueled by monetary and financial things. And while it's nice to have those considerations or those things readily available to us, if your mind is cluttered and jacked up, then it makes it a lot harder to even achieve those things. So getting your mental... Yep in check and figuring out what routine works for you in terms of touching on that. The next comes physical. Because if your mind is right, then you can get your body right. And again, figuring out what works for you. And then after that comes social, because if your mind, your body, and your spiritual life is good, then you're able to better engage with your relationships. And you're able to do it in a way that bears more fruit. And when I speak of fruits, I think of like fruits of the spirit. So Things that we should be to each other and how we should be engaging with, with each other generally, like with kindness, with love, with respect, with more patience, especially if you're a parent, because I know sometimes that's a thing. Uh, more patience and ultimately more joy. And then lastly, after that, then getting to the financial bit and understanding that as all of those other things are taken care of. And once you have a routine around those things, then you're actually able to move through the process of figuring out how to create monetary like means, you know, but in a way that brings your sure. joy, brings you more joy. But to answer your question and considering all of those things, first and foremost, just understanding yourself better and then developing a routine that involves all five of those things. And it can look different for a lot of different people. I actually have a resource on my site that I created called The Joy Quest. And it helps take yeah. people through this process and the journey of understanding themselves, rediscovering themselves, and creating a routine in a way that elevates your joy and is done without feeling forced. So it can be done within 45 minutes to an hour. And um, it just helps yep. you establish those routines and like a system to help get your joy going and creating a habit. It's so, I mean, all of those things that you just said, all those pillars of wellness, it's it's so funny because, you know, this is a beauty podcast, but I think I talk about all of those things more than I talk about any specific mm -hmm. product. You know, it's like you brought up mental wellness and mental wellness is such a big part of the beauty conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's it's on a physiological level, like literally how you your stress affects your skin and your hair and, you know, all those things. But it's it's so much more than that. It's it's about how you feel confident and your insecurities and that does bring me into the next thing I want to talk to you about is I think so much of the beauty industry is rooted in insecurities, mm. which is not very no. joyful. And, and, you know, earlier in our conversation, you know, you said comparing yourself to others is one of the easiest ways to kill your joy, which I think, I think is an, people naturally do when they're insecure or when they have insecurities they they compare themselves to others how how do you tell people to kind of move past that is there is there a way where you encourage people to kind of get themselves out of their insecurities get themselves out of that comparison mindset because i think it, it's such a driving force in the beauty industry and it's such a driving force with how people treat their skin and their hair and their bodies so i'm curious how how you tell people to stop doing this? Oh my gosh, I love this. Gratitude. 
Gratitude okay. yeah. is the attitude. This is not the first time we've brought up the importance of gratitude and crafting a skin gratitude practice for yourself, but we haven't really talked about the science behind it. There's loads of research on the many, many ways gratitude affects the brain and neurotransmitters from improved mood to lowering the risk of depression and so on. Now, certainly we are not going to be able to list off all of the benefits in this beauty note, but I do want to highlight one interesting research bit that has to do with motivation. So gratitude is shown to release dopamine. Dopamine is a hormone that is influential to motivation and focus as well as happiness and other positive feelings. Now, studies show that due to this uptick of dopamine, practicing gratitude literally motivates people to do better and be better people. One study even found that when college students kept a gratitude practice for just two weeks, they had an increase in academic motivation. So even the simple act of being grateful for your skin may improve your chances of feeling motivated to take care of it. Okay. And yeah. It's it's it sounds easier said than done, but it's really something sure. as simple as and I don't like to ever really think I don't I don't really like to think about thinking about negative things. But at the same time, the moment you're able to think about what the um opposite could be or what like the negative or adverse effect of whatever it is that you're not appreciating in the moment could be, it like instantly snaps you into, you know what? Thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you mode. You know, if it's something Mm -hmm. where you are looking at something and it's so funny, I had a, a neighbor slash friend have this conversation with me the other day where she was like, you know, but what about like when you're eating your cheese puffs late at night and you know, you don't, you don't like your thighs. And I'm like, but you have thighs, you know, some people don't have that Mm -hmm. or You know, if you're like sitting around and you're like playing with your gut, you know, or your stomach, it's like, you know, at that moment, give thanks for the fact that your your stomach is able to process and digest food the way that you need it to, you know, in a healthy way where you're not, you know, where your bowel movements are able to move the way that they need to in the way that you're able to take the uh, get the nutritional value that you need from the foods that you eat, you know, or even if you think about, oh, I wish my hair would be this way. Like you have hair. Some people like that, they would, they would kill for some hair, you know, and just thinking about all of the ways that you are so blessed in any given moment versus thinking about the things that you don't have or the way that you would wish that things could be better is one of the easiest ways to find joy in what it is that you have. But it's also one of the easiest ways to be present in your present. Because at the end of the day, our days here on this earth are limited and you never know when the end of it is going to be. You know, you never know when you'll take your last breath. You never know, like anything could happen at any given time. So are you going to spend the time that you have like <laughs> comparing yourself or thinking about all the things that you don't have, are you going to embrace the time that you have here, right here, right now, and make the most of it, appreciating each and every single moment that you have? Because, you know, they're gifts. <laughs> each moment that you have is a gift. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful. I One thing that you often talk about in, in your work, and I know you've written some things on it for my buddy Green here, I believe is vision board and, you know, manifesting stuff. So I want to talk with you a little bit about this. You know, I know that you incorporate vision boards in a broader sense, but I also think that people can also include elements that 
that incorporate beauty and wellness. And so I, I kind of want to just, I, first off, I just want to hear why you think people should have this vision boards and why you think they are important. And then we can kind of get into the details of it as, as we chat. Oh, yes. Oh my goodness. Vision boards are my jizam. Uh, <laughs> seriously. There's this scripture and I believe it's, in, am I about to make it up? I want to say it's Proverbs, but I know it's not. But it's without vision, the people will perish. But when I think about it, it's really like having a roadmap to the things that you want, or at least having okay. a North Star. You know, it's like having a GPS and ha- putting mm. the directions in. Like, you don't necessarily know how you're going to get there. You don't necessarily know when you're going to get there. But all you know is that's the direction that you're headed in. And vision boards are such a powerful manifesting tool because they allow you to see what's possible. And then they remind you of what the actual goal is so that you don't get distracted along the way. But one thing that I also love about vision boards is the fact that they are really great ways for activating faith. Because again, sometimes, and when I tell people to do their vision boards, I tell them to go crazy, go ham, like put the wildest of thoughts that you could put on. Because, (laughs) you know, a lot of times when you're thinking about things, you're thinking small, you know, and you don't, sometimes yeah. you don't even realize how limiting we are for ourselves when we've been created to be limitless beings. But when you consider vision boards and when you really begin to understand the power of manifestation, the power of your words, the power of intention and purpose, you realize that the moment you speak something into existence and you, you focus your mind on that thing, you're then able to attract the thing. And it, and that's what faith is because you don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know when it's going to happen, but you trust and know that it will happen. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times there have been things that I've put on vision boards or things my clients and students have put on vision boards. And it'd be like, Lord, I don't know how. And when I do this, when I do my vision board, I do it in a very like specific way. I personally like to like really focus on my board. And I like, I like to have little conversations with my creator when I'm putting my board together. Like, all right, Lord, what are we doing this year? What is it? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And then like some things will come to mind and I'll put them on, not really understanding why or where they're coming from Mm. or how they'll happen. And it'll be like a conversation that I'll have to have with myself. I'll have to like really fake my way through it. Like, why am I doing this? But then I'll, I'll say, you know, Lord, I trust you. You got this. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but thank you. And It's wild how many times those things, those really big things will actually come to happen. And sometimes it happens in the most subtle of ways. Like you won't even realize that it's happening as it's happening until the thing is done. And then you look back at the board and you're like, oh my goodness, that was the thing. So (laughs) that's part of the reason why I really encourage people to do vision boards because one, they give you a better um, understanding of how you're limiting yourself, areas in which you're limiting yourself, but they also act as a really wonderful tool for reminding you of where you actually want to go. So you're not distracted by the messery of the world or the comparison game or all the other things that tend to grab our attention on a regular basis. I mean, just to kind of bring this back to, to, to a little bit of the beauty conversation and, and what we've been talking about is, you know, finding joy in our bodies and the way we look in our skin. And I feel like when I was thinking about vision boards, I thought this might be like a really lovely way to do that. Um, 
because you know you can you can put up photos or you can put up like inspirational like is that is that how you would do it would you put up like inspirational quotes or would you put up like photos of you know yourself feeling your best or you know things like that i just because you 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 seem like somebody who who is comfortable in their skin and you've gotten to this point where you feel very comfortable in your skin and you know i'm just curious how how you can use vision boarding to kind of get to that point so there are a number of things to consider when you're utilizing your vision board in this way. And I absolutely, to your point or to, I don't even know if it was necessarily a question, but I absolutely do believe that you should use vision boards, even for things like your uh, body or self-care or beauty goals. Sure. I totally have a section of my vision board that is dedicated specifically to that. Um Oh, oh cool. yeah. Like my, my system, my strategy is like, it covers all the things. <laughs> uh, but um, also in understanding that the way that you see yourself really then affects how you identify and what it, how you're able to then move forward with your purpose. You know, if you identify yourself as someone who, and, and I don't like saying fat, but like, if you identify yourself, if you're like, oh, I'm like, like oh I'm so fat but like not saying it in a way where you're embracing like this body that you have Mm. and all that it does for you but like if you give into that as a part of your identity where you build up this whole idea and this whole notion about yourself not to mention all of the stuff that probably also comes from other people and how they interpret quote unquote being fat you know that then affects how you're able to do like like live your life, you know, because usually yeah. if, if someone's like, oh, like people think fat people are lazy, the fat people don't take care of themselves, fat people are sloppy, fat people are like all of these negative things. Yeah. And if you're constantly ingesting that as your truth or like ingesting mm. that and like cr- building your identity around that, there is absolutely no way that that won't affect how you see yourself and how you show up in the world and the work that you do. Mm. You know, like at some point it then becomes, well, I can't do this because, you know, this is how I am. And then it, it also comes down to even thinking about what you deserve and how you how you deserve to be treated. Mm. You know, like it goes so deep. So it's absolutely necessary that people place like their beauty standards and their ideals on their vision board. As far as how I personally do it and how I teach people, even in my um, six week workshop, journey casting, uh, vision to purpose journey casting, the way that I teach them is to embrace whatever feels good. And again, understanding yourself. So if it's something where you're more motivated by words, maybe you want to use more words than pictures on your vision board, because that's a thing. Or if you're more of a visual person, maybe then you want to use more um, images. But one thing that I like to have people consider is the types of images that they're using. And part of the reason why is because I think that if you are like ripping all of your images from magazines, you're kind of still feeding into what people, society, standards think Mm. you should be. I personally really enjoy doing a little bit of a mix of everything. But when it comes to images, I really love using images from my own life because my life is beautiful. And anyone who's who's living, you know, if you are here, your life is beautiful. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's very easy to pick out the hard times or like the things that we don't like so much and pick at those things. But understand, again, your presence here is a present. 
And when you think about good times or like more times that you'd like to have, reflect on your life and the experiences that you may have had that give you that feeling of joy and what it is that you actually want or want to create more of. So when it comes to like beauty standards and stuff, I still set like goals. Like I have health and wellness goals. Most of the time it's just to maintain certain things, like making sure that I'm getting more sleep. That's something that I put on the on my board to remind myself of why I need to get sleep. But also like thinking about ways to embrace beauty and joy and wellness without stress. Like What does a life Mm. not lived in stress look and feel like for me? And how can I create more of that? So I think this year on my board, I have, um, I have like a picture of me from this glamping retreat that I did one year with my husband and it's in a tiny house cabin and, um, up from in upstate New York and, it's like a tiny house, but then the whole back uh, wall is glass. So you're like looking out into the woods over the mountains and, and the Hudson River Valley. So moments that I would like to create, it's more of that. That's not something that came out yeah. of a magazine. That's inspired by my own life. And mm. in the same way that I'm saying this, um, I'd like to encourage other people to think about their own lives and moments that they may have had where it really does embody and reflect the lifestyle that they'd like to create for themselves. Hold on to those moments. Use those pictures, not necessarily what the the magazines are feeding you, because those things are actually what's probably most aligned with your joy. And as you were talking about how these boards can help you, uh, what really resonated was this idea of having it be this place where you can come back and revisit and you can you can scrape off the rest of the narrative that you feel that the world wants mm-hmm. to give you and it's you know you mentioned earlier you mentioned this idea of getting back to your freedom yeah. and it seems that we've <laughs> this conversation seems to have come back to a full circle because that that almost kind of what it is right you know you you're saying that I don't have to live by society's standards of a beauty or life or you know body standards or whatever it is. I I know what I want. It's right here on this board and I, I'm free to do yes. this. Right? Yes. It does come down to freedom because when you are able, and I'm like, if I had clappy hand emojis, I'd put them in right here. Uh, <laughs> but it really comes down to, and this is I mean, it's one of the biggest messages of the journey to purpose to rediscover, reconnect and recommit to your purpose and identity and joy. Cause the moment you're able to do that, that's the moment you're able to find and live in your freedom because freedom is what you, what you, what you say it is, you know, like freedom is you just yeah. being like wholly able to be exactly who you were designed and created to be. You know, and it's such a glorious process once you are once you're able to arrive there. Sometimes committing to that freedom can be a little bit of a journey because a lot of times once you're able to understand yourself after going through that process of rediscovering, recommitting, and reconnecting, because it can seem so radical to everyone else. It's like once you've gone on the journey, it you become a whole new person, but a better person because 
you really you're really the person that you've always been meant to be, you know? But as people yeah. understand you, it may be that they have to then relearn you and rediscover who you are or re mm. like come to understand you in a new way. So that process sometimes can be a little isolating, but once you're clear on who you are and what actually makes you feel freest and what that looks like in joy, it's very hard for you to be shaken from you knowing what you know. You know what I mean? And that's the best feeling because people can try to feed you what yeah. they want all day. The world can try to feed you what it wants all day. But you know who you who you are and what you're meant to do and who you're meant to be. The the last question that I want to ask you is, you know, how do you take care of yourself? You mentioned a little bit of your beauty habits. I know you said you have a very minimalist routine, but you know, I asked this question as a as a full body and full life question. I say everything is skincare. So, you know, how do you how do you take care of yourself? What does that look like for you day to day? Day to day, it really is a matter of like feeling the feels <laughs> like all the time. There yeah. will be some days, I kid you not, especially as like a full time stay at home mom and also being a full time creative entrepreneur. Like it can it can have its moments. And when I'm having those moments, I acknowledge those moments and I embrace those moments. So, cause that's the only way you're able to get through whatever it is that you're feeling and then get to joy. A lot of times I think that people, um, a misconception about joy or even like having a joy filled life is that everything is perfect all the time. And that's really not the case. But once you're able to get through like the messery or the mess and able to find your way to joy, that's really where the magic is. But getting back to understanding what I do to take care of myself. I feel the feel. So like some days if I feel like I need a cleansing cry, I take the cleansing cry. As far as skincare, um, I use a lot of shea butter. When I do my showers, I try to keep it like really natural as far as the soap. Recently though, I've been liking Yardley soap. I don't know how natural that is, but I really do try to, and this really, this started about maybe three years ago. I started paying attention to labels. And if there's a lot of stuff in the products that I can't pronounce, then I try to stay away from it. I really like things where I know what the thing is or where I can Google. Just nice and simple. Yeah, like where I can Google a thing. And if it's like a nut, okay, I know what tree this came from, you know? Mm -hmm. And so just making sure that I'm making time to drink enough water because that has wonderful effects on how you feel throughout the day, even in terms of feeling tired or groggy sometimes. Drink some water. You're, you'll probably feel a lot better. You're probably dehydrated. Getting yeah. sleep. This year, I've really tried to focus on getting at least seven hours of sleep, which was a thing for me prior to this year. And that's been, made such a difference in just how I embrace my work, how I embrace my parenting and just being around other people as far as my relationships. Sleep does wondrous, wondrous, wondrous yeah. good for your body. And otherwise, I feel like it's just a matter of like, embracing what feels good and like loving love, you know, whatever, whatever feels best, whatever feels as though it will not only like amplify and elevate me and my joy, but also like what will put good out into the world. That's the type of stuff that I do throughout the day. So it looks different. It varies from day to day, but that's really like the premise of it. Like what feels good and what will help others feel good is is really how I try to embrace my my beauty regimen because 
if you're frowning, then you're creating wrinkles. And that definitely isn't helping sure. the process. <laughs> so try to you know, eliminate stress, you know? I I think that's a great beauty yeah, tip. Yeah, you know, you don't want wrinkles here. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining in this. I really had a fantastic conversation with you. I feel like I learned so much. And I am also just feeling very inspired right oh, now, which is uh, a pretty great feeling in and of itself. So thank, thank you. you. It is my absolute pleasure and joy. Thanks again. Hey guys, just popping back in here to say thanks for joining us this week at Clean Beauty School. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you're looking for more beauty content or just wellness content in general, don't forget to check out our website, mindbodygreen.com, our Instagram, mindbodygreen, and of course, our parent podcast, the Mind Body Green Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review us. Thanks again. See you next week.